Hello, it's good to be back. It's Sumit Bose. This is the Net Hero podcast. Apology last week, you had a sort of truncated version of this because I wasn't actually very well, bit of a chesty bug. No, it's not Omicron or Omnicon or whatever it's called these days. Um, and it was uh, interesting because uh, the episode last week is definitely worth listening to if you haven't caught up with it. It's with Catherine McGuinness from the City of London Corporation. And it was all about finance and how we transition our finances towards net zero technologies, how we help developing nations on the path of cleaning up their pollution and their emissions. And also, very importantly, what's something I'm keen on, how we start to look at pricing carbon. So if you haven't listened to that, I would get you to re-engage. It's been a busy few days, obviously, apart from the new variant. There's been lots and lots going on. There's been the launch of the new Hydrogen UK, which has been done with some friends of ours from GemSurf, which is uh, the, the subject of our, the conversation later we, we're going to have today. So that's going to be a new trade body looking at promoting the way hydrogen is seen and what it can do in terms of the heavy lifting of decarbonizing our big industries. You've also had more announcements from the government on things like um, EV charging for new properties and new builds. So things are happening now post-COP and I think it'll be an interesting few months uh, definitely uh, once we've crossed over into the new year. I expect to hit, see big changes afoot in, in all aspects of where we're going. Now on to today's episode and today's episode is a catch-up with Alex Goody, the CEO of GemServe. And the reason I wanted to catch up with Alex is A, to get his take on how things went at COP, but also to look at the bigger picture of where, you know, a business like his, which is one of the partners on futurenetzero.com, sees what its clients are doing, the direction of travel, and whether now there's an incentive for businesses to try and take control. So have a listen and enjoy the conversation. Alex, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, Subic. Great to be here. Uh, We have something in common for the listeners. We have a love of East London. Well, I have a love of Leighton Orient, and I think yeah, you, you, you're, you're a sort of pseudo-Orient fan, aren't you, mate? Well, yeah. I spent a number of years childhood in East London and then uh, moved north to Bath for university. So I've really, I lived all around London, but yeah, I, I grew up around Leighton Stone, Chingford, that way. So hence the... He keeps it real, ladies and gents. That's what it's about. <laughs> um, for those who know... Um, not as enough as they should do about GemServe, because obviously you're a partner on the site and you do lots of uh, various things, but do you want to just outline the core elements of the GemServe business as they are today? Because you have changed from your from your history of what you were, haven't you? Yeah, I, I, although we still do a lot of work in code regulation in, in the energy space. Um, business started in 2002 and was set up to do one thing around uh, electricity switching, the systems, the processes, um, managing change therein. That contract wound down actually about a month ago, but we've over the time since then, we've been diversifying the company into other areas, but always around seeking to make a difference around social environmental challenges. So we're heavily involved in the energy and the energy transition, but we've also started diversifying into other areas of, I guess, low carbon, you'd call it. So uh, hydrogen, heat pumps, energy efficiency, uh, electric vehicles. We also have a sizable business that focuses on helping organizations manage their cybersecurity risks, 
digital transformation. And within that, um, yeah, we work with anyone and everyone in that space, but we do also do a lot of work around the energy industry again on cybersecurity. So, so a diversified business, but with a heavy focus on energy and environment. So that's really great to be here to talk to you after COP26. Yeah, yeah. And in essence, I suppose you are sort of an advisory group in many ways, aren't you? You also do research, all of that. So do you see yourself sitting as kind of not arbitrators of the industry, but kind of in the industry, but also able to analyse the industry? Yeah, I think so. We, I don't want to take it too far. We, we have in-depth technical expertise in particular areas. So, but we're not we're not covering every aspect of cool. the energy space or, or the environmental space. Um, but yeah, we do. I mean, we we uh, have uh, we do economic analysis, and we've done some work recently looking at how you might use council tax to incentivize people to put in place environmental measures on their buildings which i think you know will we'll come back around again as the epc ratings are tightened up on well firstly uh, private rented and then perhaps everyone's homes in due course um what you just said there about kind of epcs the government today we're recording announcing that new bills should have charging points this is all part of what i think you know if we look at the legacy of what cop will be and we'll look, talk about cop in a second the reality is we need to do things. We've set a target. We actually need to start seeing things. So before we look at COP, would you say this year has been a significant year for at least the government laying the framework for us to start doing things? No, absolutely. I think it's actually moved on from that. The ambitions turned into much more granularity. The policies set out. It's now about how you deliver the, po- the policy. And I think actually if we get into COP, when we get into it, you can probably make the same argument on a, on a global scale about moving from rulemaking policy into implementation. So this year has been, I think it was interesting. I was chatting to my colleague who heads up our low carbon uh, business unit. And he was saying that when he first started in this space, it was fringe. Yeah. And actually him and, and the rest of the team now feel it's completely mainstream. And, and you can see that with the people that were hiring. You can see that in the, the you know, people, how they talk about it and about their daily business. And the fact that, that we're talking about this today, it's been moved from fringe to mainstream. And the policy has just been huge this year. Policy after policy after policy. And then that's turned into plans to implement that heat and building strategy recently yeah. to come out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at this year, in, you know, the calendar year, End of last year, Boris's 10-point plan, you've then had hydrogen, you've had heat strategy, you've had new announcements around nuclear. And I suppose the thing is, everything was building up to COP. Now, I was there, you had team members at COP. Um, I said in my podcast, I said in my articles, I thought it was a mixture of hypocrisy and hope. (laughs) I saw a lot of greenwashing. I saw a lot of things that I thought was frankly bullshit. But I met brilliant people uh, from around the world I met people who looked like they were really genuinely committed to it. I met people that came and gave an, uh, a really emotive speeches about how climate change is affecting their countries and what they want from, you know, the Western powers that, that, are, that are more developed or the, you know, economies, uh, economies of the world that have got, you know, a lot of the carbon behind them because they, they've exploited it. Um, what would you sum up? COP to be and what was your view of it because a lot of people said oh no it was watered down you know green groups have said it was terrible you know blah 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 the old uh, adage by uh, Greta and all of that but if you look at it from a point of view of what has been agreed 
I would say it's been a significant cop and it has done something. What's your take? Well, it's quite leading there, so, but I do agree with you. Um, yet I, I, I like I, to lead, you know. <laughs> I think I think I, I I always think about this from a sort of international relations point of view, which is that we don't have a global government. We have lots of countries making their own decisions about what they want to do. Some of them are democracies, some of them aren't. Some of them are very developed and have caused most of the pollution out there in terms of the carbon that we're talking about today, including this country being uh, top, I think. And others are, you know, really lots of people in lots of poverty. And they're all coming at this from different angles. To get the agreements that we've got out of this is frankly amazing. I think the the coal wording, you know, I think there was no mandate to get a phase down, phase out of coal, and yet there is a, a, uh, an agreement there. And he, even though I saw a quote from uh, someone from Greenpeace saying, don't worry so much about the wording, the direction for coal, unabated coal, is really, really clear with phase down. So I think I, I, I'm, I'm positive. I think there's, there's a lot in there. I think people know what they're doing. They, they, you know, we're, tr- we're trying to get to 1.5 degrees. We can see what will happen with two degrees just with the weather changes we've seen this year. So if, you know, we could go faster, but it requires everyone to, to want to do that. And the, the, that the agreement is the best that I think could have been achieved at this point. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's the real thing, isn't it? Because there, there's another element of it, which is, you know, do what you can do, you know, not, not, not say something and then not do it. And then there's a bit of that. Um, there are a lot of pledges made, particularly from rich nations, about giving money and making sure that funding happens. And... You know, I spoke to a lot of people from the city who were there, and the city had a big presence there, and various banks and people like that. Would you say the investment, and you you know, you know that field, there is money out there looking to to find a home in cleaner and more sustainable businesses practice? Totally. I mean, uh, there's people wanting to put their money into this space, but there's also, you know, if you've got your money in in a pension funds and you're, you know, our age, a bit younger, and you know, you're thinking about retiring in. 20 years so about I don't know um, oh, mate, I'll take it in five right now <laughs> I mean do you really want to have your money with companies where that balance yeah, sheet yeah. may not stand up because that will be a massive reduction in the value of your pension and I, I think at some point it will become really difficult to flick on gas power stations to invest even in exploration production for oil and gas and, you know, that's the bit we need to think about. So there is definitely money going into that space, into ESG type investments. Um, the, there's lots of money anyway out there. And it's looking for great investments in this space because it's going to be supported by government um, subsidies for some time. Yeah. But it will also, uh, where there's change, where you're moving from a, you know, a hundred year established system into a new energy space, there is lots and lots of opportunities. Uh, would you say that we are now um, in a state of, I think it's really changed, my personal view is it's really changed, but would you say you're in a state now where when you go and talk to businesses, they're already on the pathway. They they look at this and go, this is, the, because of the fact that there's a national target, now there's global governments heading towards many nations setting their, their, their zero carbon strategies that actually this is the roadmap for business operations for the next 30 years. Well, I think if you're not, then you're, it's very daft. I mean, the, one of the big announcements coming out of COP was around the UK financial institutions and listed companies yes. will be required to publish their net zero plans, which is great. Well, what about SMEs? But what people yeah. forget is that GemServe, being a, a SME, of uh, 200 staff based in London, Birmingham, Dublin, you know, we are 
part of other people's supply chain. So we supply to the NHS. So there will be requirements on us and we're all carbon neutral, but there'll be requirements on all of the supply chains to um, have net zero plans, to be implementing net zero plans. So uh, this will drive that, that one change will drive that, that complete change. So if you're not on it now, you, you will be, you will have to be if you want to continue to trade. One thing that some people I, I talked to and COP said to me, which is which is quite in a way counterintuitive, is they said, we don't really care what the politicians decide because we're making it business, right? We know the public is changing and the public, let's face it, is the consumer. That's what we're talking about. If the consumer wants trainers that are greener, food that is cleaner, less packaging when they go to the, you're going to do it anyway. You're not going to wait for the government to mandate it for you, are you? They, they will, but I, I do wonder if there's a bit of a split, and I think you covered it in one of your pol- your podcasts, where I, I think there's, there's a heightened awareness in certain segments of the population and yes. not so much awareness elsewhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The people are still looking for, you know, just making them the, the, the food on the table and, and yeah, what they've so done for the corona. Absolutely. Exactly. And I, I think, you know, but if you can make it really easy for people, um, so that people are not going to change otherwise uh but if they give if they had the choice to to buy something without plastic on or whatever i think they will do that but i, I don't think you know it, there's a massive difference in bits of population about how how switched on they are to this i don't cop 26 didn't really get a lot of coverage got a lot of coverage on your platform zoom it unsurprisingly That's very kind of you yeah <laughs> but, the, but the i think you know you're right. I, mean, I look at the times and stuff the last few yeah. weeks yeah. not really up there no I, and i think this is the thing that you know we look at you know, this platform, you know, it's about better business making a better planet. And in the end, you know, you know, and I, you and I are enough to remember people smoking on the tubes, people smoking on planes, right? Yeah. People smoking in offices and nightclubs. That doesn't happen. My dad never used to wear a seatbelt, you know, and then, then the law changed and things that we used to, just until a couple of years ago, expect plastic bags for nothing. So there has been nudge, nudge, nudge and pushing. And, and, and I totally get your point about not leaving anyone behind. But do you feel that now you're seeing work you guys do, you do a lot of research work, you do lots of conversations, you work with the NHS, you work with other businesses, that you're seeing that the people in charge know that the future market, whatever it is, is definitely going to be different. What, what younger people want, the new consumers, will be very different to what people our age have wanted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, that it's keeping up to, to speed with that. We do, lots of our clients are involved with heat pumps, uh, for instance, and um, the the big heat pump manufacturers have, have um, produced, are producing hydrogen ready boilers, but also are, are producing heat pumps because they're not quite sure, I suppose, which way it will go. And they want to, there might be both. So that they're, they're preparing for that future market and also doing a lot of work to solve some of the, the market challenges you've got there. So, you know, training installers properly to balance the systems. There's a lot of myths out there about, about the, these technologies, but reality is it's very, it's quite old technology. If you think about a heat pump, it's essentially a, there's a, a fridge or freezer. Um, I, I, I can't remember a time before fridges or freezers. That's, that's a very, very long time ago. Um, so yeah, the, the, yeah, I mean, companies that will be successful as, as always will be the ones that can bid, can build and predict for that future generation and what they want. And, you know, I think it's, it's already starting to come through now. There's this, there's been another announcement at the weekend about, uh, getting rid of, um, uh, superfluous plastic, 
uh, that's yeah. been blighting our lives. I think it's an easy thing to do. It's relatively recently that came in with plastic covering everything. Yeah. What do you think the next year will bring for businesses? Because let's be honest, we are still recovering from the pandemic. We may get another little wave. Hopefully, with the people being vaccinated, we won't have it as bad as it's happening in Europe. There are still businesses struggling. I'm sure some of your clients are still struggling. You know, we still have a mix. You know, you and I are recording this working from home today. You still got this hybrid working. There's a lot of things here that are not back to you know pre-COVID, and our ambition to go net zero. You, you, we would have been a very different world if COVID hadn't happened and sucked a lot of resources. So how do you see Postcarp next year being in terms of businesses, even your own company, but your colleagues and your your clients, their ambition for net zero, bearing in mind we're still in the in, in the pandemic as such? Um, it's a good point, isn't it? If, you, if, you're, if you're in amongst it and you're struggling as a business, then how, how high is this on your agenda? But I, I think I think you have to think as a business leader, you have to think a long way out. You have to think about what's coming down the line and you take this on board because you'll get to a point. I remember this with some of the cybersecurity standards that we 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 work on, which is you know very established now. So very uh ISO 27001 for 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 those out there that uh release their cybersecurity. But I remember when you know the trigger point for that was when companies said, look, if you want to work with us, you've got to be cyber secure. And you can either fill in this, you know, 20 page questionnaire about your firewalls and everything else, or you can just tell us you got ISO 27001. And all of a sudden, all the small companies started doing it. I think with this change to financial reporting, with big companies being, um, having to produce in, in the next two years, uh, their net zero plans, they will, they will tell their supply chains, get on it, need to do it. That will be so there'll be there'll be those that really want to do it. You're so talking about the Jim cascade said. effect. The then. cascade. So yeah. yeah, that's it. You just summed up a whole you know, twenty minutes of what I was saying in a uh, cascade effect. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. that will push it through the supply chains. That will make a massive difference because I think someone's. I think one of the speakers at COP said this: that big companies great, but actually most people work for small companies. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if you can make a difference at that level, it will have it. There's, there's a million, a million, one point one million companies in the UK. So, you know, obviously some of them are very tiny, but the, um, but the vast bulk is the SME that that will help push it through. So they, they, there'll be companies like Gemserve that have already done it and there'll be other companies where they'll be forced to do it because their biggest suppliers turn around and tell them to do it. And I think that will be the big change. Before we go, I mean, two things have really sort of kicked on this year. And I know you, again, Gemserve, you've looked at it, hydrogen for one, and the other is EVs, EV charging. I've got my EV. No, thanks to your little tips and recommendations. So I feel quite smug now when I see a car in front of me chugging out stuff. There's problems with it, all of that. I know that there's a huge footprint for the car, but at least it's a step, you know, which shows that, you know, actually, you know, as we transition, we can start to do it. But I'm very fortunate. I happen to live now. I've moved where I have a drive. I could do it. You can't do it everywhere. We've got hydrogen really being seen as, a base shifter to move big transport, like trains that I took up to COP, boats, planes, all of that, rather than so much as, as cars. Do you think these next two, you know, two to five years, we'll see big growth in those two areas, the EV charging and hydrogen for, for yeah, bulk? I think what you'll see, and I think it sort of go back to your previous question, actually, which I probably didn't answer right, but the, I think what you'll see in the next few years is lots of lots of testing of all of this. 
there's 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 a real interest in hydrogen and it will solve it will definitely solve some of the challenges that we've got you'll see lots of trials going on you'll see costs coming down and then there'll be hopefully by then the government will be able to take a decision on what to do in this space and that that's the crucial one but there's a lot of excitement in hydrogen and rightly so um, in, in EVs, in charging points, there's lots of challenges you'll, as you'll find out. But I think, you know, the, the volume, you know, the, number, the new sales, I think in Norway, half the sales of vehicles now are EVs. It's inescapable. This will happen. I think, as you said today, announcement about new build um, having to be have EV chargers put in will make it ubiquitous. The, I've, I've, I encourage you, you to get your EV, Sumit. But, um, you did. And uh, well, it's a great government scheme at the moment where you can um, offset some of your tax on that, which is really, really great. Um, the the chance I have is uh, no off-street parking. So yeah. I think as as companies put charging in place, you know, at yeah. work, work charging, yeah. Sense, make yeah. more sense. Um, to end with, how are you feeling about things? Um, it's been a tough couple of years for everyone. Are you feeling a bit more positive about how things are? I'm always quite I'm always positive. <laughs> um, I, I, I am. I think I was very frustrated when, you know, the, uh, the parties changed in, in the UK. And we went for a really bad patch where, you know, it was all about the green crap and, and all that. I think we're coming out the other side of that. And I also think, coming back to COP, that there's actually quite positive statements coming out of it, that if we can get on top of this to 1.5 or 2 degrees that and, and then get to net zero at that level, it only takes a few years for That's right. things to start I, going back I, to I heard, um, That was, what's the name? Um, Al Gore was saying it. it was yeah, because I, I mean, I, I remember reading years ago a book by Ben Elton called Stark. Um, yes, which I know that book. It's a brilliant book, uh, uh, it but it's really dark. And there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a bit in it where uh, everyone's buying T-shirts with a picture of the Earth saying, well, that's fucked then. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, you know, if we ever get to that point, we really are, have got big issues. But I think... For me, it felt positive coming out of um, out of COP26. I think there's a lot to work on here, but I think that that bringing people together and the 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 commitments that were made and the fact that people were prepared to argue about it to that level of detail that that, hope, that does encourage you that there's something there and the action will be taken. Um, hopefully, it will be enough. Yeah, it's good to have a positive frame of mind. That's it's, I can always turn to you for that, Alex. Well, I think. <laughs> Yes, it's it is. It's it's. I think yeah. The we're doing. We're moving in the right direction. It is a massive change. It's not mm -hmm. going to be solved by um, you know small. It's things. a cultural change. You know it's it's what we grew, what we grew up with. Our kids will be completely different. It, it's it's not only that. It's it's the fact you know it's hundred. Well, I said hundred years earlier. It's probably longer than that of using fossil fuels mm -hmm. to transport ourselves, heat ourselves, mm -hmm. power mm -hmm. our homes and businesses. Unwinding that, changing all of that, it's it is, is absolutely enormous undertaking. Yeah, yeah. Alex, thanks very much for joining us on the Net Hero Podcast. It's been a pleasure, mate. Thanks a lot. Really great to be here. Thank you. Alex Goody there from GemServe. Listen and subscribe. Please do. Uh, lots of you have been doing so. So spread the word. Net Hero Podcast. You can find it on all your streaming platforms. And go to futurenetzero.com if you haven't caught up already on the news around net zero. Uh, next week, we'll be looking at possibly, if I can get everything together, an interview with an artist, a very unusual artist who I met at COP, who loves polar bears, but they seem to drown. 
plenty more to discuss next time. See you then. You've been listening to the Net Hero podcast with Sumit Bose from Future Net Zero. Visit our platform for all things Net Zero. And if you or your business is doing great things on the path to Net Zero and want to be featured on the podcast, email nethero at futurenetzero.com. Follow us on social media. futurenetzero.com. Better business, better planet.